Gather round, take a seat, relax. It's the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Afton, right here on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. You were just listening to, um, actually, I think the music came out in the last uh, day or two. I try to share some recent music that's come out. That was Mati Steinmetz, Kaylee Atta. And here we are, 101.9 Chai FM. We're live. Today is the 13th of June, the 24th of Sivan. And I hope all is well on your side. And it's time to have ring, right? It's time to, to get in. And I'll tell you what's on my mind today. What's in my mind today, based on conversations with various people over the last few days and weeks, is when we make a decision in our life, what factors do we make, do we put into the decision making? So, let's give a uh, simple example. You decide to marry somebody. What factors make it into the decision whether to marry the person? Everyone has factors. Is it the person's charisma, their looks, their personality? Is it the family they come from? Is it their values? Is it their principles? Is it their heritage? What is it? What, what's, what are the main factors? And then only once we can agree what the main factors are, then we can decide is it a good decision or not. The problem often is the more we have discussions with people and we have disagreements. We're not only disagreeing on the bottom line, we're disagreeing on what factors should even enter the bottom line, what factors should even be part of the conversation. Another example, South African context, whether to emigrate. So what factors need to go into that conversation? Some people say the most important factor is where my kids have a future. I find that, whatever, a bit of a strange definition, how anyone knows where their kids will have a future, but fine. Let's, for argument's sake, go along. That the biggest factor is your kids have a future. What if somebody says the biggest factor is where I can play the biggest role in life, where I could add the most value? Then the whole conversation turns on its head. Because chances are, there's very few places on earth that you could add as much value to the wider society as South Africa. But if that's not the factor in the conversation, then it won't play a role in the conversation. So then you'll be talking about, okay, where's the bigger future? Where's the future? Where's it safer? Where's the government more stable? Not sure what the answer to that is, but okay. And then the person will be arguing with you. But the argument is, is it's not even beginning because the whole argument has no basis. We're not agreeing on what factors have to be part of the conversation. So un- unless we can actually explore in our own minds, what are the factors that matter in my decision-making? Well, we can rarely ever agree, or we'll actually be talking at each other rather than with each other. So if I'm talking to somebody who thinks the most important thing in a marriage is um, similar hobbies, and I'm telling them no, like, yeah, but she doesn't or he doesn't have the same values as you. And they'll be like, ah, values, values. 
who cares? But, you know, we both like playing tennis. And you're like, yeah, but you don't get married to find a tennis partner. You find, you could have tennis partners outside of marriage. You married to find somebody to build a home. And shouldn't values be the most important thing in that? I'm talking to the wall. Because in that situation, we're not even agreeing on the baseline. And I'm finding that more and more in society, if you look at it, we can't even agree on the baseline of what is the conversation. We can't even agree on like on the basics of life. So much of today's um, discourse is literally debating fundamentals of life that like were always like a given. Today, everything's up in the air and everything's up to discussion, and we cannot actually have common conversations. And it's because our values are so different. In other words, if somebody thinks that the value of life is to have the most pleasant life possible, and the other person thinks that the value of life is asking not what I need, but what I'm needed for, these two people will really struggle to have a, a conversation of, of understanding. Because the other, the one person is defining everything through one lens, through one prism. And that is, where is it most comfortable for me? The other person's defining life as, where am I needed? What does God want for me? Right? That's why a selfish person and a non-selfish person will really struggle in a relationship because their fundamental view of life starts from a different baseline. Am I the center of the universe? Or is the universe beyond me? In other words, am I just here to play a role in the in, in the bigger picture of, of where the universe is going and where I have, what value I have to contribute? If I cannot agree on the baseline, we'll never actually have an understanding. And often when we're talking with our friends, we're talking with our family, we're having discussions, it's so important to first explore instead of saying, do we actually agree on anything? In other words, is there a basic understanding of what the discussion is about. Can we have a basic understanding on what are what are the values that are at play in this discussion? Back to the South African example, I often find that the conversation about the future of South Africa, this and that, is based on who's a bigger prophet than the other. Right. I'm telling you there's five years left. I'm telling you there's three years left. I'm telling you it's already been gone, etc. Every person coming in being a social commentator and, and uh, offering their prophecies, which are all based on reality. But here's one thing that's lacking in the conversation. What value should be determining that conversation? Where I should live is a big question. And what should determine that? Is it just where my kids will have a future? Do I even know where my kids will have a future? Should that be the only determiner? I mean, personally, I can tell you that um, growing up as a religious Jew, specifically a Chabadnik, who um, the Rebbe sent out his emissaries all over the world, I kind of imagine that he, you know, the, the couple that's moving to uh, China or, um, gosh, Zambia, as my cousin did, they're not moving to Zambia because that's where my kids have a future. They know their kids will figure out their future regardless. Over here, they're here to play a role. They have a role to play, and they know that they have to take their kids' future into consideration, but that's not the determining factor. The determining factor is where the parents could add value. They know that once the kid is 18, the kid will anyway spread the wings and spread out and 
chances are they won't be in Zambia with them, they'll be elsewhere. So having grown up in a culture that rarely asks the question where my kids will have a future, but rather where do I have a role to play and where can I find my kids a role to play, I often get baffled when I hear people making the biggest decisions of their life on where my kids will have a future. The kids, hopefully, will be raised to be an independent human being who is able to make their own decisions, and they'll decide where they want to have a future for themselves. Um, but again, if that's your value system and that's the way you decide everything, then th this conversation is, is kind of a waste of time because we, we can't even agree. I mean, we would just say we'll agree to disagree, but we cannot even agree on what's the factor that should be in the conversation. I believe that you live where you're needed, where you have a role to play. That's what I believe is the, the, the determining factor of where you live. Which place can does God get the most value out of you? And if you don't know the answer, then then then, then it's worth exploring it with, with a close friend or somebody who knows you well. But if a person knows that God's getting the most value out of them in place X, and they decide to move to place Y, what was the determining factor? Ultimately, it's all about putting God at the center of our universe, asking what am I needed for rather than what do I need. That's a determining factor. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is 101.9 High FM. Thank you so much, <clears throat> Lauren, for your comment. Loving your show. So interesting to hear your views. We get so caught up in the small things that we forget what Hashem really wants of us and where we can contribute. Thanks for that. That's really um, the heart of what we're trying to get to for bring about today is what factors do you put into your decision-making? Do I put in my decision-making? It's not about preaching. It's about having an honest conversation with ourselves and say, what factors go in, whether to have a child or not? What factors go into that? Like somebody saying, well, the world has no future. Why should I bring a kid into the world? Since when does anybody in history ever had a child because they knew the future? I mean, what kind of, forgive me, but it's a, I, I think it's an irrelevant part of the question. Nobody's here to predict the future. As a religious person, I have children because the first mitzvah in the Torah is to be fruitful and multiply. And as long as it's possible, obviously a factor is can the family cope with this, uh, with another baby? What's the mental and physical health of the parents? What other factors are there? Um, is there some form of financial stability? Again, we could, we could talk about what factors need to play bigger role or smaller role. But then there's factors that are totally irrelevant, like the world is going to the dogs and global warming is going to burn us up, so I shouldn't have kids over here. Again, we could, we could, we could disagree on that, but fundamentally, I don't even think that should be a factor in the conversation. Like, and then we gave the example of immigration. We gave the example of marriage. What, what factors go in there? I love her. I love him. Mazel tov, you love them. Great. Now what? Do you share the same values? Do you both want to have kids? Do you both want, uh, what level of tradition do you want in your homes? Um, what do you think of acts of kindness? Are you both kind people? Nah, it's not important. We'll figure it out. Really, we'll figure it out. One of you wants to have, um, guests and and be involved in organizations. The other person wants to be selfish and just do their thing. One person wants to travel one, every two weeks. Another person wants to be a homebody. 
some things can be bridged, but some values cannot be bridged. Right? How important is religion in your life? What size family do you want to have? Etc., um, etc. Et so the real question a person has to ask himself whenever they're confronted with a decision is what factors need to go in to this decision making? What questions have to be asked? And that's the hopefully the role of a, a wise person in our life who can tell us and say, okay, that factor is irrelevant. This factor is relevant. Because often we make decisions in our life based on irrelevant factors, totally irrelevant. But ultimately, if you make a decision based on a moral choice, what's the morality in this situation? What's expected of me? What is God asking of me? I don't think that uh, decisions are that, that hard. Some decisions are harder than others, but I think often we get frozen by decisions because we actually don't know what is an important factor in this decision and what's not. So when somebody will say, um, I don't know, I love the person, therefore I'll marry them. You don't have a common heritage, you don't have a common tradition, you're not coming from the same place, you're not necessarily heading the same place, but you love each other. Like, really? That's the factor? No, the biggest factor is, are we going in the same direction? And do we have the same story of where we're coming from and where we're going? That's the most important factor. Having children, the most important factor is, is it the right thing? Am I able to? If I'm able to, of course I want. The default is yes. Etc., 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 in so many, so many areas of our life. Immigration. The factor of where my kids will have a future, as mentioned earlier, I don't think has to be the biggest factor. You don't know that. The biggest factor is where, where does God need you? Your kids will figure out the question where God needs them. Hopefully you'll raise a decent enough independent child that one day will turn around and say, okay, this place is for me or this place isn't for me. And they'll move on. But me chasing my kids' future, I don't know. I think that's a, a, a sacrifice too far. And it's not my, it's not my decision. In other words, do I know that my kids will stay in South Africa? I don't. But I know this is where God wants me right now at this stage of our life. Where my kids will be? They'll figure it out. I trust them. They'll make their home. They'll make their future where they need to be. But I'm now going to set up their future and where I think their future will be? Give me a break. I don't think that's a factor. So each and every one of us in our lives, ask yourself, what major decision are you sitting on now? And ask yourself, are, what factors am I putting into that soup? Right? You're, you're putting a lot of stuff into that dish that's going to hopefully give birth to the right decision. Am I putting the right stuff in? Am I asking the right questions? Or did I just walk into the bar, I saw somebody good looking, and I'm like, you know what, time to marry them. 
without having any clue about their values, without having any clue about their character. Really? That's how we make those decisions. A person of values makes every single decision based on value. Every single decision. Should I go on this holiday? Should I go visit somebody? For, should I go participate in somebody's simcha around the world? What job should I take? Who should I spend time with? They make every decision or as many decisions as possible based on values. Right? If you have a value of friendship, you have a value of family, then you make decisions based on family, right? Give an example of somebody who totally didn't consider himself religious, um, Viktor Frankl, and um, wrote Man's Search for Meaning. Chances are you read it. Um, and he describes in his introduction to his book how just before World War II, he had a visa to the United States. And he wasn't sure what to do. He could go to the United States, but his elderly parents weren't able to make it over to the United States, and he felt an obligation to um, be with his parents. And he says his father one day comes home with a piece of the Ten Commandments that, that was broken in the shul, I believe. The, the Nazis had broken something in the shul, and he came back, and uh, on the piece it said, Honor thy father and thy mother. And Victor Frankl finishes off the introduction. He said, and I let my visa, my visa lapse. In other words, I decided to stay. In hindsight, was it the right decision? Was it the wrong decision? Who am I to tell somebody what this, the decision was? But what I, what I respected so much about that story is it, he, he asked what value. Yes, there's a value. He knew that Austria was becoming extremely dangerous for Jews. Victor Frankl was a Jew. And that... Uh, Things were not looking pretty, but then there's a value. Where do I belong? With my father, my mother. And he made that decision. And he made a decision based on a value. Because that's how we make decisions in this world. You don't make decisions based on what, you know, you, you woke up this morning and you read a great article um, about something and you're like, okay, I'm changing my mind. Or, I don't know. Load shedding's been going on for a few for a while, and you make a decision based on that. Make decisions based on values. And for some, the value might be I have the, my value of Aliyah. The other person has a, a, a value of you know the whole family's elsewhere, and they have to go there again. Or, or they're they're going to be able to make a better living. Fine, those are factors, and obviously each person makes their own choice. But we have to make sure that when we make these decisions, we're asking the right questions. We're focusing on the right details. We're not getting distracted by inconsequential details, which are unfortunately all too often we see. We see people making decisions based on factors that are not that important. Ultimately, it's about being God-centric. Remembering that I wasn't put into this world just because my parents wanted a baby. I was put into this world because God needed me in this world. He needed me to play a role. Why me? What's special about me? What's special about you? I don't know. But God decided that you and I belong on this earth at this specific time in history, in this specific circumstance, with these talents and these weaknesses and these relationships. And now I have a question to ask. Will I embrace that or will I resent it? 
or will I avoid it? So ultimately it boils down to remembering it's not about me. What does Hashem want of me? What does God want of me? And I've said it before that I really believe the greatest gift of, of faith, unlike what maybe Karl Marx said, it's the opium of the masses and it's a nice crutch. The greatest gift of faith is it's not me. It's that the, that the center of the universe is not me. There's a God. There's a being greater than me and greater than everyone else and who I have to ask, what does he want of me? That's the greatest gift of faith. Because by default, look what happens in our society today. We are the most self-worshipping generation in history. Everyone's obsessed with their own happiness. Am I happy? Am I okay? How am I being treated? Blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, we're the most depressed, anxious, stressed out, um, with some of the weirdest ideas ever to enter humankind. Why? Why? Because we forgot it's who, who it's about. When I'm trying to chase my own happiness, I end up miserable. I end up lost because serving myself, what kind of God am I? I'm like, we all know how fallible we are. I'm not sure what's even worse. Worshipping an idol made of stone or worshipping ourselves. But both thing, but one thing I do know is they're both idolatry. They're putting something which is not infinite, something which isn't timeless, something which isn't infallible, and they're putting it as a center of the universe. How can that lead to any happiness? It can't. And all you have to do is just open your eyes and look at society and you'll see it clearly for yourself. This is 101.9 High FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. This is Chai FM, and we're talking today about making decisions from a place of what's right, rather than what feels right. Sometimes what feels right is right, but very often what feels right isn't right. Right? How does the expression go? He who's, a com- who's not a communist at the age of 20 has no heart. He who's still a communist at the age of 30 has no brain. Communism feels better than capitalism. The fact that 100 million people, non-combatants, have been killed in the last 100 or so years from communist regimes doesn't seem to be a factor, because what do you mean? It feels right, right? To each what they need, to each what they could give, it sounds very lovely. But not, not because it feels right doesn't mean it's right. And often we confuse that in today's day and age, it's as long as you're living your truth. I feel it. That's what feels right. No, a lot of really stupid things feel right. A lot of evil things start off as nice idealistic ideas that feel right. But the determiner in this world is not what feels right. It's what is right. Is it good? Does it lead to goodness? Does it lead to making people's lives richer, better, more values. And as long as I'm making decisions based on what feels good, not what is good, I'll be making some really bad decisions. Right? Not always is biting my tongue from a piece of gossip, does it feel good, right? Gossiping feels good, but it isn't good. Wasting a night on Netflix feels good, but it isn't good. Eating junk food all day 
well, I'm saying this as I'm in the middle of a chewing on a piece of lace chips. <laughs> um, feels good, definitely does. But is it good? And if you actually go through it, most of the stuff in life that feel good don't actually add up to being good. It's almost like a um, a divide, as they say in, the, in regards to healthy food. It either tastes good or it's healthy, right? It's a bit of an, a binary divide, but and maybe a bit unfair. There's a lot of healthy food that tastes good. Apologies to all those who got offended. But let's be honest, junk food tastes good, better. But it ain't better. It's not better for me. So when a person's making decisions in this world on anything, it's not about what feels right. I don't know. I just feel like I have to do this. Okay, Mazel Tov, you have feelings. A lot of the feelings we have are really, really inappropriate, problematic. The human being is not pure goodness that all the feelings that come up in surface means that that's what they need to do. A lot of the thoughts that come into our head and a lot of the feelings that come into our heart are absolutely counterproductive, destructive, and need to be regulated. Right? I might feel like I want your car, but I shouldn't go steal it. But what do you mean I'm living my truth? I saw your Lamborghini. I decided I want it. Who are you to tell me not to live my truth? Fair question. If that's what the determiner of, as long as I'm happy, right? What do people say today? The morality is as long as I'm happy. And I'm not interrupting your happiness. But what if your happiness does interrupt my happiness? Does that make it immoral? Ultimately, there's one question. Is it good? And from a religious perspective or a faith perspective, does God think it's good? What does God think? From the youngest age, we should be raising our children to ask a simple question. What does God think? Now, I would argue, even if the adult is not 100% sure about what they believe, for the kid, it's a gift. I've always admired people who maybe struggled with their own faith, but chose not to bring their own confusion onto the children. They chose to give their children a simple, sincere faith. And if their kids become start doubting it at some stage, that would be their journey. But I don't have to add my complexity onto the children. Right? By default, a person in their 40s will not see life with the same simplistic, believing eyes as a four-year-old. But should a 40-year-old overcomplicate the four-year-old with all their nonsense and their complexity? Absolutely not. And same thing with faith. As we get older, we might question, we might have certain issues, but it's not my children's burden to carry my stuff. For them, they need to know what's right and what's wrong. And they need to know that what, de what determines a good decision in this world is not about what I feel. I feel, Mazel tov, you feel lovely, great, we have a lot of feelings. But what's right? This is 101.9, Chai FM. This is the Fabringen with Rabbi Levi Avtson on 101.9 High FM. There's a great song that I want to play for you as we finish off the show. It's in Yiddish, and basically it's turning to God and say, Tata, my Father in Heaven, help me be a person who fears you. Some, help me I want to be somebody who has all of heaven. In other words, Many of us struggle with our faith. It's not easy to believe. Right? If God showed up and said, hello, I'm God, you wouldn't have to believe in God. You would just... Right? I don't believe I'm sitting in front of a microphone. I know I'm sitting in front of a microphone. The reason that some of us struggle with our faith is because 
It's not easy to see God. Some people will say that the fact that God exists is, is absolutely fact, and they know that's God. Might very well be. But the point is, many of us will struggle with our faith because it's, it's hard. It's hard to believe in something you don't see. But, as I hope was, you know, we've managed to explore in the few minutes we were together today, we need to have something in this world that's bigger than you and I. In the last century, especially in the last few decades, we've put ourselves at the center of the universe, and it has led to an absolute disaster. You don't have to um, be the biggest newsreader and the most politically involved individual to know that society is really struggling. And most of the stuff are not stuff from the outside. It's not China or Russia or some other factor. It's us. Us and a lot of some really bad, a lot of bad ideas that enter our minds that are tearing at our, at the fabric of society. And our kids are taking strain. And obviously I don't claim to have the answer to all of it, but I do believe that one of the biggest factors that led to the slow decay of the moral fabric um, is the fact that we put ourselves at the center. Right? None of us are worth worshipping, even if those who are massive celebrities and influencers and all this stuff, human beings are so fallible. Serving human beings, serving success, serving looks, serving popularity, those are such flimsy things to sit, to base our universe around. If there's going to be something which is going to be the core around which our whole universe surrounds, right? Has to be something solid. Has to be something stable. Has to be something that holds us. Stabilizing force. So ask yourself, what, what, what's your core? What, what does your world surround? And I hope, I truly hope it's God. Not for his sake, for yours. This is 101.9, Chayefam.